Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am your host, Jada Williams, your national um, NABWIC radio chair. I ask that you like, follow, and share with us on all of your different social media platforms and or head over to www.nabwick.org to keep up to date with all of the different magnificent things we have going on in the organization and in the community because we are the voice of black women in construction. So let's get into it this NABWIC Talks Wednesday. Um, last Wednesday we listened to part one of NABWIC Talks five factors to consider when starting a business with Mr. Les Moore. Today we are going to listen in to part two because it is so amazing. We've been getting such great feedback. So I hope you enjoy listening in this morning to part two. And always remember you can press one on your phone to join in the conversation in the studio if you have any questions our comments that you would like to add to the show this morning. So we are going to start listening to part one, I mean part two of Less More. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses. And by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world. And by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. Any other questions? Um, yes, um, that's one of the issues that um, some of our members have. It's after going, it, I, I'm not sure, having gone through all of that, um, how they go about their financial maintaining 
proper financial records to, um, for whatever purpose, whether for um, tax tax reporting purposes or to get to get a contra contract. So if you could speak on that a bit. Well, the, next, the next thing we're going to get into, we're going to talk about licensing and then we're going to talk about separating business and personal assets. Okay. And I, and I guess I'll address that in the, the um, separating business and personal assets, because that's where it becomes important as to, as to um, being able to segregate your business from you. So when you, as a business, you apply for a loan or apply for minority status, whatever it is, there's information that is needed financially. In most cases, most businesses don't have the information, but I'll get to that. So once you determine, once you, you, you set up your business, then you have to determine what licenses you need for state and local purposes. So depending on what county, what city you live in, you have to determine a license, if you need a license. In most cases, service business, you just need most likely a county license. If you're a restaurant or something like that, you're gonna need more licenses. Um, with the state, you'll need a restaurant license. And if you're talking about selling alcohol and tobacco, that's another story. And, and you need additional licenses there. So those you can find from your local uh, Florida Department of Revenue do a pretty good job on that. Um, your local Chamber of Commerce can provide you with information in that, or you can also do searches. These days, everything is on Google. So you Google your county or your state or your city that you're in, and it will provide you with information of what you need to do. Or you find a, a, a qualified CPA accountant, not just a tax preparer, guys. The biggest mistake most of us make all the time, we go to a tax preparer. The reason why, and I'm not saying anything negative about tax preparer, but when I was working with H&R Block while I was in college, I was just a tax preparer. I didn't have this kind of knowledge. I could, I could knock out 1040s from here to wherever and was very good at it. But 1040 is not it. If, you want, if somebody who wants to help small business, a guy who just prepared 1040 is not going to do, do, do what you need to get done. The guy need to understand how to prepare a corporate return. And most times I look at most corporate returns, they, they fill out P&L side of it and they never complete the balance sheet. And, and because they think they're doing a schedule C and it's not. And that's when I know that someone is not having, if you have a, a, a corporation or S Corp and you look on your return and the balance sheet is not completed, then you don't have the right person working with. It's obvious that they don't know how to do a balance sheet. And I've seen tons of that. People paying lots of money to get their tax return done and the guy cannot complete a balance sheet. Or if he, do, if he does complete the balance sheet, you have $20,000 negative in receivable. No, you can't have negative receivable, okay? If you have negative receivable, it's either somebody prepay you the money, which should be prepaid revenue, and it just tells you that they don't know, or negative inventory. You can't have negative inventory. So I've seen all kind of crazy stuff over the years, and that's when you know you don't have the right person. So you need somebody who can guide you and point you in the right direction. Otherwise, when you, for the things Esther is talking about, when you present those documents, 
you know, to get loans and to get registered as a, as, as a, as a minority business. They look at it and they shake their head like, I don't understand this. The documents have to be prepared properly. Otherwise, this most, that's where we get into trouble most of the time. And by the time you find somebody who can help you to fix it, it's kind of late, okay? Um, I'll tell you a story. I had a guy who was my client. Well, his, his parents have been my client for 35 years. I watched a kid grow up from when he was a baby. He got in some tax trouble. He came to me to help him. I helped him, bailed him out, got everything fixed. And then a year later, he decided uh, to do bookkeeping and do his, his S-Corp tax returns. $4,200 a year is too much. So he went to some guy down the street. Well, the guy didn't prepare an S-Corporation return. He just put all the income and schedule C. Claim a big loss. The guy got audited. And the IRS assessed him over 125000 in additional taxes. He came back to me a year later to try and help him. And that, that happened like five years ago. And he's still battling with the IRS to get that resolved. And, and the point I'm trying to make here, it's, you know, we can look at $4,200 to do bookkeeping for a whole year and prepare your tax return and say, that's too much. But I always say to um, clients that I come across like that, or taxpayers, you can either pay me now or you pay the IRS later. And that 125000 is worth IRS is trying to collect $180,000 today with the interest on penalties. And $4,200 could have saved them all that headache. And now he's also paying an attorney to try and get him out of it, okay, which is another 10 grand. He called me last week and he says, Mr. Moore, man, this thing is getting too expensive. I said, I tried to advise you, but you thought $4,200 was too much. This happened five years ago. 42 times five is about 20,000. I'd rather pay 20,000 than pay $180,000, okay? And the point I'm trying to make, that's why you have to have the right person handling your tax situation. The mo and, and let me back up what I'm talking about. The most audited part of a tax return is anyone who files a Schedule C. You file a Schedule C, there's a 99.9% .9 chance you'll be audited. That's the most audited, and you can research it. It's, it's IRS website, it's on the, that's the most audited type of tax return, sole proprietorship. And why? Because the IRS believes that most of these sole proprietorship are collecting cash and they're not reporting it. But they report all the expenses, but not the income. So the IRS audit them. And one of the things the IRS do, and I'll move on to the next session after I say this, is when you get audited, they're likely to do what is called a lifestyle audit. You never want to be in a lifestyle audit, okay? And the reason why you don't want to be in a lifestyle audit is they look at how you live, what you pay, what you own, to the point where they even run your credit um, your credit report to see how you, and I'll tell you a story in a client of mine, who multiple clients this has happened to. And they determine based on how you live for that year, how much income you had to make in order to pay these expenses. 
unless you can show you got a loan to pay for it. So I had a tow truck. And they know tow truck drivers, you break down, they collect cash. So I don't report his income, got audited, and he got, he got a lifestyle audit. And the IRS added 250000 to his income for that year based on the fact that he had a mortgage, he had car payments, and everything was paid on time, and he had the perfect credit report. Even, he didn't pay minimum on his credit, credit cards or his loans. And based on that audit, he ended up added, paying an additional tax on an additional $250,000. Okay? With that, is there any questions here before I move on to the next section? I have a question. Um, this is Kerry. I yes. know everything that you're saying is important and it's critical, but if there was one thing, one thing that you think we will need to know as far as new business owners or even if we're already in that position, what is one thing do you feel that we should know or we should do as a um, small business? I think we're getting there, and that is separating your business and personal assets. Okay, thank you. That's important because that becomes a big problem most of the time. And, and the IRS, you know, the, 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 the IRS, when you get audited and they start asking you to, to look at your expenses and you can't, they can't tell the difference between business and personal. It's easy to say something is business if it's, if it's on a business credit card or it's coming out of a business bank account. But to pay cash for it and say it's business, that's very hard. Because the next question is going to be, where did the cash come from? Show me where you got the cash. Is it revenues you made and they paid you in cash and you didn't report it? Or did it come from your personal bank account? So it's important that when you go in business, you separate your personal from your business. It's important. You open a business bank account, you get a business credit card, okay, you keep, you have bookkeeping records. And 99% of the time, why most people lose in an audit is no bookkeeping, no records. And that's the most important if you're a business person. You must have some kind of bookkeeping. And I don't mean waiting until December 31st or January 15th of the next year and start scratching things on paper. Have some kind of organized bookkeeping. That's what I see as the biggest challenge that most business, most small business face. They don't have any records or they try to remember how much they spend and they just write on, I get this all the time, a sheet of paper, you know, my advertising is $2,000. My other expense is 5,000. And that's the worst thing you can do, because when you start putting round numbers on your tax return, you're going to get audited every time. Because the IRS look at it and they say, hmm, if this person was keeping record, there's no way everything could end with triple zero or double zero. That's not record keeping. This person is guesstimating. And then most times you get audited because of how the numbers look on your tax return. So bookkeeping accounting is is very it's a, the most important thing you can do as a business owner is to keep your books up to date but, but more than anything else the two things 
liability protection, bookkeeping, and separate your business from your personal. If you get nothing out of what I, did, what I said today, those are the three most important things. Because you have to be able to, it, it's hard to go through your personal bank account and figure, well, this deposit was a business, this deposit is a, is a personal. Don't put yourself through that, okay? Open a business bank account, get a business debit card, get a credit card and use it. Do not use cash. Do, I just had a guy I take on as an auto mechanic and I realized all this cash withdrawal from his bank account and I'm like, what is this for? He said, he used it to buy parts to repair the, the, the cars because, and I said, why? Why didn't you use a debit card? Well, you know, a lot of this stuff was being, you know, I'm getting this stuff behind the scene that they only wanted cash. That's bad because you can't prove that you use that to pay for parts. You can tell me that, but you can't prove it to the IRS if you get audited. So that's, that's just bad business. Okay. And, and any other question? Is it, does that answer your question, ma'am? Yes, it does. Thank you very much, Mr. Moore. Um, so, um, separating your business and your personal assets, those things are very important because um, it, 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 um, it's important and, and that's what a lot of times where most people get in trouble, okay? Um, next, I think that's the final section, am I correct? That is correct, Mr. Moore. That's the final slide. Are there any other questions anyone have? And then I'll just do a summary and wrap up what I talked about. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's back to your earlier ones where you were the first slide, well, the second slide when you were talking about the different corporations. Mm -hmm. My question is, if you're currently a C-Corp, is there a form, is, this, is it the same form that you filed to become an C-Corp? A C-Corp is automatic. So let, let me explain that a little bit. So when you register with the state, you either register as an LLC or you register as a corporation. If you register as a, cor as a corporation with the state, the only thing you have to do after that is get an EIN number. You don't have to do anything else. You're automatically a C-Corp. And that is why I said earlier, a lot of people register and they come in and say, Mr. Mormon S-Corp, because I registered with the state and the state made me an S-Corp and I'm like, no, you didn't. The state made you a C-Corp. If you want to be an S-Corp, you have to file a 2553. So you can be a C-Corp, which is automatic if you form a corporation. And then to become, you can elect out of that to become an S-Corp by filing that form. But your status with the, 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 the state when you register is either LLC or corporation. That's one of, depending on whether you have ink after your name or LLC after your name. Okay. Now, most people in today's business, the only people who use the, the C Corp status, 99.9% .9 is publicly traded companies. And they have to, because they're, they're, they're selling stocks and they're, and all of that. So they have to, but unless there's a real reason to be a C Corp, you shouldn't even think about it. Now, I have one client who's a, who's a C-Corp, and there's a reason why he's doing that. Now, there's some benefits to being a C-Corp, but then there's also the double taxation. So if you're going to determine if you want to be a, you're going to be a C-Corp, before you do it, please discuss it with a, a, a someone who understands the difference 
and the reasons why someone would want to set up a C-Corp versus an S-Corp. I had a client years ago when I was with Graw um, who had a C-Corp. She was a doctor, but she had a child that needed constant medical services. And because of the limitation placed on medical deductions, what she would do is set up a C-Corp where you have no limits on medical deduction, and that that was its sole purpose, and she had some income run through the C-Corp to pay for her child's medical expenses, and it made a whole lot of sense. Otherwise, all that money she paid should have never gotten the deduction for it. So things like those, you have to look at the reason why you're doing it and not just say, I want to be a C-Corp, okay? Okay, and my last question is, if you're a sole proprietorship, are you able to pay salaries? Yes, to yourself or to others. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, to to others. To others, yes. Okay. to yourself, no? If you're a sole proprietorship, you you can pay salaries to your employees, but paying salaries to to yourself is meaningless because, as I said earlier, the net income after all deduction, including your employee's salary, is subject to Social Security taxes. You know, so there's, there's no need to pay a salary to yourself if you're a sole proprietorship because whatever leftover after, it's all your money and you're going to pay tax on all of it. Okay. Does that answer your question, ma'am? Yes, it does. Thank you. I, I, I have two questions. Um, first question, how many um, EIN numbers can you obtain from the IRS? Are you allowed just one? Well, it depends on one per business. One per business. So if you have 10 businesses, you can have 10. Right, because they're just using that EIN number to... uh, Okay. The next question, let's say I obtain uh, my EIN number, okay? Mm-hmm. I then now uh, went to register my business. So I registered the name of my business with the, uh, with the IRS and my company, Kerry Williams, LLC. This is just mm-hmm. hypothetical. Right. Now, when I went to SunBiz to uh, register my business, instead of me picking LLC, I chose sole proprietor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you-, um, you know, I'm probably in conversation with friends or something, would that, um, would that be the same form that I fill out, that 2553 form to now be an S-Corp if I wanted to change, or that's a different form? No. If you're a sole proprietorship, mm-hmm. okay, you're, you cannot go from sole proprietorship to S-Corp. Okay. Mm-hmm. The sole proprietorship is only a fictitious name. Okay. And that name is not protected. So which means somebody can come and steal. Well, they're not going to steal your name if it's Terry Williams, LLC. Right. But to get the name protected and no one else use it, is, it has to be an LLC or, or, or a corporation. Okay. A sole proprietorship, the only way you can register so is with a fictitious name. Understood. Unless you file as a single member LLC. So it's either okay. LLC or corp. If you didn't use one of those, and, and let me, I'm, I'm not sure, I think I followed, you got, a, you got an EIN number, then you register with the state. Correct. You register with the state, then get an EIN number. That's the order. Yeah. Because okay. If, the, if okay. the state doesn't grant you the name, that EIN number is no good. It's no good. That's right. 
and it, it, it just creates a problem trying to get it fixed. Right. So make sure the state grants you the name before you you get an EIN right. number. Right, right. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? Hi. Yes. Hi. I'm Shirley Evan. I have a question. Okay. Yes. So between an S and a C, uh, when you're paying yourself as an employee of the company, which one is best? Between an S and a C? Yes. Well, it's S corporation every time. Okay. Okay. Unless there's a specific reason why you want to be a C corp. But S corporation gives you all the flexibility, gives you all the protection you need, you know, gives you all the tax planning, all of that. So it gives you okay. a lot more flexibility and what you can do with your money and all of that. So that's the way you want to go. Even though you have to account for the profit um, of, of your company? Yes. Okay. And the reason is, remember, let me back up. On an S corporation, they, they, you have a salary, and then next, after your salary, you have your net income from the S corporation, which flows through to your personal return. Okay. Right. But that net income that's remaining after paying all your expenses, is not subject to social security taxes and that's where the tax saving comes in okay um, when you're comparing it to a sole proprietorship a partnership and a c corporation because of the double taxation with a c corporation and and if you look at the numbers and i i wish i'd, I'd put an example in there to show you what your tax saving is likely to be as an S corp versus a sole proprietorship versus a C corp. But it, it's the reason why most people are S corporation small business is for that reason. Okay. And you remain controlling your um, taxes and how much you pay. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Too. <laughs> yeah, and um, okay. So, um, uh, cause I've been an S corporation mm -hmm. and let's, let's say I found um, several years as a C Corp. Um, can I go back to being an S? Well, you, you said you're an S corporation? Yes. But you file as a C Corp? Yes. How? I don't know how. That's what I was told. That well, then if you file as the wrong entity, you can always amend the returns and go back. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. It, okay. It's always amendment. If you file the wrong tax return, you can amend the return and fix it, guys. Okay. okay. That option is you can go back three years and amend any tax return, whether it be personal or business, and file the right return. But I'm, I'm actually surprised the IRS doesn't ask you for an S-corporation return. Because usually, if you don't file the return, the IRS let you know within at least a year that you didn't file your return. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. So, in summary, um, we start off by talking about the factors that you need to look at to determine, you know, what your business structure is going to be like. And we talked about the two most I would say the three most important thing in the beginning there is limited liability, tax implication, and flexibility. And this corporation gives you all of those and then some. Okay? 
So if, if you're looking to choose an entity, um, that's the way to go. Now, if, if you're looking to be a minority business and register and get loans, it's important, it's good to be an entity. And here's another reason why you want to be an entity. Entities, the, the chance of being audited is almost slim to none, unless you're just doing something just out of whack. So you get additional protection from audits by doing your business through an entity, okay? A formal entity, not a sole proprietorship, but even if it's a partnership, you're more protected if you're an entity as opposed to a sole proprietorship, okay? And that's why we recommend that. I have almost, if maybe I have one or two clients who still file a Schedule C, and they probably start up and they don't decide which way they want to go yet. But 99% of my clients are S-Corps. And I have one C-Corp. I have two C-Corps. And the other one is a homeowners association. And that is fine because they're HOA. But 99%, even if they walk in being a sole proprietor, I convert them immediately to an S-Corp because it's more beneficial. I had a lady... And I'll tell this story, who was with a CPA, came to me two years ago, and she was following the schedule she, and she, they are, they're in the renovation business, renovating hotels. And for all these years, the CPA would follow a, a, a schedule C, but pay both the owners a salary, the wife and husband. And I never understood why they did that. Because it made, as I said earlier, if you're the owner, and you file a Schedule C, it don't take a salary because you're going to pay tax on the money anyhow. The problem with them taking a salary is that they pay Social Security taxes on the salary and the matching portion, and then they turn around and pay maximum Social Security on the profit. So they're paying taxes multiple times, more than they would have paid. I converted her to an S-Corp, filed her first return as an S-Corp, and short a comparison of what our taxes would be, S-Corp versus sole proprietorship, and the number was over $50,000 less. And she just weeped in front of me, just weeped, because she couldn't understand for all these years, she was paying all this money, and she owed the IRS all this money because of it. But nothing we can do to go back and fix it. And I say that, make sure you're using the right entity before you start. Okay, and if you have a business currently and you're not sure if you're being taxed the right way, take a look at it. It can be fixed. It's never too late. Okay, don't give your tax dollars away. Okay, don't give it away. There's a reason why there are these different types of entities for you to choose which one puts you in the best tax status. Okay, so taxation is important. And finally, once again, separate your business from your personal assets. Um, um, bookkeeping, 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 record keeping is important. And I can't say that enough. Most people fail audits or can't get a loan because they don't have good record keeping. Okay? Now, I thank you all for inviting me. I'll be around for questions. Esther, let's, I know you had some questions you wanted to ask me, so this is your time about, I believe, registering, getting loans, whatever the case might be. 
No, it, my question was basically what I asked earlier about, you know, keeping your financial records um, so that you can you can get your business going, whether loans or or certification or getting contracts or that kind of stuff. And I think you basically explained it in. Okay. in but if there are no other questions left, I really want to say thank you so much for taking the time to give us um, this amazing um, presentation. I think um, most of us came away with something that we never knew before. Okay. And um, I am sure that we'll be inviting you again. We have um, other events like Lunch and Learn. I love Lunch and Learn. <laughs> I used to do those. I used to do those in my, as part of my marketing. I would okay. go to these offices, bring lunch, but now with everything going on, lunch and learn is even nicer on Zoom. <laughs> Definitely. So, yes, as a member benefit, a part of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, one of your great benefits would be lunch and learn sessions um, as this one. So the top five things that I pulled out from today's conversation and just from professional experience as well um, that he made my ears perk up was, number one, really keep good bookkeeping records. Um, keep your paperwork in order. The difference, know the difference between a balance sheet and a Schedule C. You need to know the difference for yourself, for your business. So when you also go to that tax preparer person or it's that time of the year for you to take care of your business um, responsibilities with the IRS, you are kind of aware of the direction that your appointment needs to be going as, as well as watch out for those perfect numbers. He mentioned rounding up and all of those things. I know in the beginning of my career, um, that's what was uh, taught from those different H&R Block courses and things of that nature. But I quickly learned through um, starting a business in that area, but those were the clients that were more than likely going to get audited. So, of course, you already know, years later, I am not estimating and giving out those perfect numbers and all of those, those things. So, and, of course, set up your business bank account. The number, number one thing is when we're first starting out, we think we can slide, we use cash, we're very busy, there's a thousand things going on. But in the beginning, as soon as you get that EIN number, head straight to the bank. That's what I always tell my clients. As soon as you get the EIN number, head straight to the bank. That's one thing that you have marked off on your back end that you know has been set up correctly. And then always know the difference between an LLC or a corporation. Research those things on your own before you, um, before you also go asking for advisement so you can kind of, again, have some type of idea of where that conversation and appointment needs to go. And then always remember there is never anything set in stone once you have once you have submitted documents to the IRS, you can always, always, always go back and fix um, your paperwork, such as called an amendment. 
So you can always go back and amend your taxes. So we're going to move forward. And that was an awesome conversation. So we thank Mr. Lesmore and we thank Ms. Ms. Esther. She's the, the other female that you heard asking some of those questions with Mr. Lesmore. Um, I'm going to check with the studio. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and then we can come back for some questions or comments with Ms. Ann McNeil, the master builder, and uh, myself on the line and Ms. Ursula. Press one on your phone. Good morning. Good morning. We have the master builder already queued up, so before the commercial, we allow her to make her comments. All right. All right. Thank you, ladies. An awesome show. I learned a lot, but my question is, I'm sorry, this is Ann McNeil. I'm excited. Uh, he really fired me up to the point to where we're in the process of retaining his services for a number of our different businesses and really have him to do um, some due diligence for us in taking our business to another level. But my question to our listeners, there's so many people listening in. Jada, I would just like to know if we can invite them to press one. I know we said one, but if each of you, and you know who you are, if you're willing can you just give us one aha from what you heard, if that's okay with you, Jada and Ursula? We'd like to hear from our, our audience. I think that's a great idea, and I um, stand on top of the emails and Facebook. So if you are um, logged in by the link, you can always type your comments as well, Ms. Ann. Thank you so much. All right, so I don't want to call your name, but you know who you are. You're listening in. And if you would just press one on your phone, and we can uh, open your microphone to share any kind of comments that you may have. Thank you, Esther. All right. Ready for me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So my aha moment, um, it's a confirmation of record keeping, record keeping. Your record keeping is never too much. So thanks again, Les, for reminding me about that. And that's my aha moment. Thank you. All right, anybody else before we wrap up? Tylene. Good morning. This is Tylene Henry. I just think this was such a great, uh, good timing, Um, you know, learning about sunbiz.org and understanding uh, the importance of, you know, doing some analysis of your business prior to determining which uh, legal structure is going to be accurate for you, the concept of double tra- ta- taxation with uh, corporations. So I just think this was really great conversation. I plan to listen to this blog talk show again and share it with clients. Um, I thought this was really great information that was easy to digest and understand. So thank you so much for uh, joining us today and blessing us with uh, some deeper knowledge of properly structuring our businesses. And we do want to remind everybody that this was part two. Part one was played last week, and maybe what we may want to do, Jada and Ursula, we may want to replay part one because Blog Talk did have some challenges last week, and so we may want to schedule that and replay it because this is an evergreen show, and I think the information was so vital for all of us, no matter where you are in the United States, in your particular state, uh, the same information would apply, would just apply in your state. So anybody else, um, Jada, before we wrap up? 
No, ma'am. I think it's oh. been a great show this morning. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you, Jade. And I'll put myself back on mute. Thanks. Okay, so for more information, again, always head over to www.navweek.org and um, see what we have going on. Again, it's been a beautiful morning, a beautiful Wednesday. You know where to find us here at 8.30 a.m. every Wednesday morning. Join us for NAVWIC Talks. Thank you, Ursula. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.